Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this second part of a two-part conversation with my friend, Sarah Becker, we're wrapping up our chat about retirement for bosses. In this half, we're diving into alternative investment options and using your business as a part of your retirement plan. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. Our audience survey results are in, and yet again, the biggest challenge facing business owners like you is marketing. So I have a podcast recommendation for you. It's time to check out Imperfect Action, hosted by Steph Taylor, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Imperfect Action is a bite-sized online marketing podcast for business owners. Join Steph as she answers all your business marketing questions and deep dives into the nitty-gritty of online marketing, content marketing, social media marketing, and marketing strategy for business owners. I recently had the pleasure of sitting in on a live recorded episode by Steph where she broke down the marketing potential arising from the world of Web3 for small business like us. And y'all, listening to her talk about Web3 finally, finally made it make sense in my head. And her library of content is just waiting for you to tune in. Listen to Imperfect Action wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, then let's like, then let's go back to the other end of this conversation and talk about some of these other little, you talked about lifestyle creep, which I love. I feel like that's why I'm really good at that. (laughs) Really great. I succeed greatly at some lifestyle creep. I also have to say that it ebbs and flows. Yes. And with the current economy, with inflation and with prices rising and with COVID affecting supply chain and all those issues, I honestly feel like you have to actively work to keep your expenses what they were three years ago. If you can even yeah. do that, I can't do that. So, you know, don't think that I'm doing that. I'm absolutely spending more money on groceries, obviously on fuel, on all sorts of things. Um, so that's just an, another, for me, another reason to watch lifestyle creep, because I'm not talking about inflation. I'm talking about lifestyle creep. I'm talking about, well, I did pretty well this year. So I think I can do this $10,000 vacation. Can you yeah. though? Should yeah. you though? Only if, only if your retirement account is maxed out. That's right. This could be a $40,000 vacation <laughs> post 65. It could. It could. Another little trick I like to do. And look, if you thought I was a nerd before, Emily, I'm afraid. If <laughs> I am contemplating a purchase, uh-huh. and I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a pretty, like a big purchase, like yeah. you know, over $500, over $1,000. And I'm not sure. I'm like, should I do this? I will literally put it into an investment calculator and see if I invested that money instead in 30 years, how much money would it be? (laughs) (laughs) And what do you, how do you then sort of make the call? Okay. So this, and 
this can, and it can go either ways and either way, because my friend Katie Gaddy, who runs money with Katie, who's an amazing, she does purse, she's per, personal finance blogger and writer. She talked about doing this and how, you know, they live in a high cost of living area in Colorado. And she, the house that they wanted to have was three grand a month. And she's like, how can I spend three grand a month on my rented home? You know, she had a hard time with that. And so she literally calculated, okay, if I rented a $2,000 townhome instead, knowing that my quality of life would truly decrease, you know, how much money would it really save me? And she's like, you know, if we do this for a couple of years, it's really only going to save like when I'm 60, like 30 grand or whatever. And she's like, to me, it's not worth it. I want to have a good quality of life now. I'm going to do that. But if I'm like, oh, like I kind of want to do this thing that I don't really need to do. It's like two grand. And then I see like, oh, that's really like 15 grand. Then I won't do it. Yeah. I, I love too that you're bringing in like some personal values into yes. it, like personal values and like intentions with where you are in your life right now. There's like no it's, one size fits all with money because some, money is values. Like yeah. that's all it is, is yeah. a tool you can trade for what's important to you. And it's like, it's more of that like constant practice of like self-awareness and mindfulness as to like, yes. am I taking the actions now that's going to give me what I want now versus what I yes. am going to want or need later? Yes. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, let's talk about another aspect of this then too, because, you know, at this age, I feel like I'm putting money into all kinds of hidey holes. You're just, you know, every, under the mattress, uh, yeah. everywhere. Not, don't <laughs> yeah. you dare break into my house and look at my mattress. There is no money there. <laughs> David won't let me. I'd rather put my money under my mattress. And David's like, Emily, well, you, you can't want to do, do that. that. No. I know. And I, I mean, don't. You know, I'll say <laughs> the only time I have a, a good amount of cash on uh -huh. me is the beginning of hurricane season. Again, in <laughs> we've had some big ones we've yeah. had some big ones recently. And you know, we had Ida last year and I'm so glad I had that cash because I needed to get gas and there were no, yeah. there's no, you know, I needed the cash anyway, but I will say that, um, I used to take out two grand before each hurricane season, which was insane, way too much money. And then yeah. uh, around Thanksgiving, I would go back to the bank and I'd be like, take it back. Um, but you know, then last year, you know, I actually was broken into and they did take oh, that yeah. money. And I was like, okay, we need to be, we need to be They took $15,000 from my retirement. It just looked like $2,000 now. Literally, when I was filling out the police report, I was like, ugh, it's really 15 grand. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't, I didn't say that though. I was very, very honest. So, you know. <laughs> but I understand the thought process. Right. But for I have a, sure. But I have a safe now. So again, if you feel like you need to have cash in your home, that's totally fine. But a safe that is bolted yeah. into your home is the way to do it. Get a fireproof yep. one. That's what I have now. And I feel great. Right. Well, I'm not even doing, I'm not even doing, I have like, sometimes I have 20 bucks in my wallet. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. like not yeah. even always. David's like, do you have any cash? I'm like, you literally cannot have my last dollar. <laughs> I <laughs> never have cash. Penniless. Yeah. No, um, you can't. I don't I don't know if David listens to the podcast, but I feel so bad for him. I feel like the amount of times we've talked about him per podcast is more than like per minute is more than any other podcast. <laughs> being Maybe it's been a long time. He's getting a lot of airtime with this. He's getting a lot of airtime. Okay. So sorry. He's you're my money guy. Money. Yeah. You're putting money yeah. in your hidey holes. Well, well, it, it just, I feel like it just floats off into these little hidey holes that you don't okay. see anymore. We're talking about retirement. We're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, investing in, <laughs> talk about a hidey hole. Let's talk about NFTs, except not. <laughs> Um, that's like, that's a wormhole into another dimension is what Oh, that yeah, is. that's a different currency. You can't, you can't use your last American dollar to go through <laughs> yeah. an NFT. 
They're going to be like, no, no take that currency, ma'am. Get with the time. You can't get gas with that. No. Um, so, let's talk about life insurance. I feel like that's another one of those little hiding mm-hmm. holes. Because no, let's say, let's say you have a finite number of resources to put yeah. into these hiding holes or wormholes yes. or whatever they may be. Yes. We've talked about, I mean, you would, would you say your Roth IRA is like number one? Of these like hidey holes? Okay. So I would okay. say an emergency fund is number one. So okay. a Roth IRA would be number one for retirement. Absolutely. But I want to yep. make sure that you have about three months of expenses yep. stocked away for a personal emergency. I don't want, once you put your money in your Roth IRA, it's like, ta-ta, see you in a long time. Yeah. So I want to make sure that you don't, ha- you don't have an emergency and you need money. So first step is always three months of emergency fund. Second yeah. step, Roth IRA. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, that's, that's what we want to do. When it comes to life insurance, I've got a couple things to say. The I first, look forward to hearing the, them. The first thing I will say is that there are a couple different types of life insurance. There's term life and there's whole life. If you work with a financial advisor and they're like, oh, well, you've got some extra money and we should put it in a whole life policy. I do not recommend that. Um, I do not recommend it. I recommend a term life insurance policy. And again, only if you need it. Do you have kids or dependents? All right. Do you have a spouse that doesn't work? Like, do you, you know, you can kind of change the game um, when it comes to life insurance. For instance, I have a small life insurance policy and basically it's like, hey, this will pay for my funeral and, you know, a year of bereavement if Barry is just like, oh, I cannot make any income for, I'm so sad. Um, But, you know, when Barry was working a corporate job and he was making, you know, six figures, his life insurance policy is much more, right? Because that he he have a son is dependent on that money. So it really depends, again, on your situation. And I'll also say that another great option is that if you have a partner who works for a corporation, a lot of times they offer great term life insurance for real cheap, but they may not tell you about it. So ask. <laughs> and then again, only get what you need. Term life is what you want to do. Whole life is a scam. And you can email me more if you're curious about that. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So, so the number three would be some life insurance things. And I find, well, my personal philosophy on this is like, if you are the boss of a business, that's going to have to be dealt with. Yeah. Right. If something a happens. is a dependent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, having some so that someone is paid to deal with it and like, yeah, figure it out, find the accountant, figure it out, shut it down, figure it out. Um, having yeah. some there for that. And then also if you are a breadwinner, um, or if you bring home a significant amount of the bacon, if we can use all the food metaphors here, um, then I do think for food only. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that having something for yourself as as a business owner, as an entrepreneur or the entrepreneur in your family, whatever it may be, um, I do think yes. that a term situation there is important. It's important. And this is not this is not necessarily like money related, but something else I really recommend doing. <laughs> I have a literal like two-inch ring binder, and it's like if I die. Okay. It's my if I die binder. Oh my what is inside God. of it? Yeah. Okay. So it's Look, it's all my yeah. password. It's all my bank accounts. It's where all it's a list of my hidey holes. Okay. It's in the yeah. safe. It's my will. So, like my partner and I, we did our wills together. We also set up a trust for our son. This is a little extra, but as you know, I've been a wedding photographer for many years. And as I'm still shooting weddings, I literally am like, here are five wedding photographers in New Orleans. Here's their contact information. Like, this is where these weddings are gonna go if something happens. Okay. And so it's all of this stuff together. And I literally wrote it as if 
the person reading it would know nothing about me <laughs> just in case, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I will say that that gives me a lot of peace of mind. Um, and like, even like a plan for your pet, like this might sound silly, but it's really not. I mean, I have been, you know, very lucky to foster dogs and work with rescues and understand that so many dogs end up in the foster system because their owner dies and there's just no plan. So, you know, I have a person, a designated person who will take my dog if I die, if Barry and I both die. So like even things like that, that is all in the binder. Um, and where I want all my money to go is also, you know, in the will, in the binder. Yeah. Uh, okay. One, I need David <laughs> to make one of these and we can bring David back. Yeah, to this. I feel a, like there's been so many David times task. in the past <laughs> like year or two where I'm like, I like y'all Kathleen has said this on the show before, if you are a long time listener and I, I don't know, I, I don't usually say me too in those situations. Cause I'll let Kathleen just sort of be that person, but she has said before that she couldn't even pay her own mortgage and me too. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. Okay. So, I have yes. no so idea. David, <laughs> David needs to make you a binder so that we know how to pay the mortgage. That is huge. And, you know, I'll say like, it's come in handy. I mean, at one point I, the binder travels with me, you know, on my person. Um, and I needed the VIN number for my car. I was not in the same state as my car. And I was like, you know what? The VIN number is listed under my assets in my, if I die folder. <laughs> That was oh the only place. Gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, it does come yeah. in handy. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is wild and amazing. And um, I think I need like a sample table of content. I was about to say, you know what? I will, Emily, I will make a checklist yeah. today or tomorrow of what should be in it. And we can put it in the show notes. Perfect. People, because I know that that could be kind of overwhelming. And it, it could, it'll just be like a one-page checklist. Here's what you need to have. That Here's would be amazing. Add it, to, yeah. add it to your resource page too. But yeah, I share will. it over I here. Will. We'll make sure yeah. everyone gets how, that. How do you think a, if you die freebie would do? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll put that on the home page. <laughs> I would check the SEO for that. <laughs> what is the what is the search volume for the for an yeah, AI die folder? Know, it's like I want to be prepared. Yeah, which is what we want to be prepared. And I also think too, I started this at the beginning of COVID when I was like, and it started as what happens if I get COVID? Yeah. It was like, what happens if I'm incapacitated for a while and like decisions have to be made? So it didn't start out as morbidly as it ended yeah. up, but God, I'm so prepared now. No, I mean, I'll go at it morbidly. Like what if, if David were to die yeah. tomorrow, where, who, who is my utility provider? <laughs> right. Right. Emily, you'll be dealing with enough to not have electricity. We need to make sure that your power is on. It, it, every time I joke yeah. about that, and it's not a joke, but every time I say something, he's like, he's like, it's all on auto pay. You'll be fine. It's all <laughs> on auto pay. And- until the credit card expires, you'll I know, be fine. but like, okay, but where uh, is the bank account that it is auto-paying from? I don't even uh, know. I mean, I, I could figure it out, y'all. Yeah. I'm not totally helpless or useless. Um, I know. But I, well, I, I mean, but I think <laughs> it's important because what you're saying, it's probably 80% of couples. Yeah. There's a designated money person. Yeah. That's totally okay. You're dividing and conquering life, right? But like to have all those resources... It's important. Yeah. I order the groceries. He pays the bills. And I get it. Oh, Emily, don't worry. I know you're doing plenty. But I don't I don't know how to pay my bills, y'all. Yeah. I mean, if something were to happen to you, Dave, it's like I know where the grocery store is. So I can figure yeah. that out. You yep. know? Yep. Like you might need a little more help. And that's okay. God, the things they'd be eating. They'd live yeah, off pizza rolls worry. and mac and cheese. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking. I mean, that's what I would like. That's what I would like to do too. But like every couple of days, Barry's like, I'm making you a salad. And he just brings it down to my little office and hands it to me with a fork. Yeah. And I just eat my rabbit food. Right. Eat real food. Eat real food. 
Okay, perfect. Is there anything else we need to touch on in regards to setting up a retirement plan or whatever for bosses? Yes. Okay, look, I I just want to reiterate that it is gatekeeped. It is overcomplicated. Like your retirement plan can literally be, I'm going to max out my Roth IRA. I'm going to work my way up to maxing it out. And then once I have been able to max out for a couple of years, then I'll open an independent 401k. That can literally be it. I mean, this is something I do all day, every day. And that's my retirement plan because it's an excellent one. It's boring and it's amazing. Um, And yeah, don't keep perfection. Don't let perfections and keep you from getting started. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah. Um, and let the money person <laughs> in your life do it for you if you need to. But yes. also do it yes. yourself. I mean, I love the idea of I man, I would love for a couple hundred bosses to tweet me and be like, I did it. I opened a Roth IRA today. I would I would cry. I like, would too. Tears of joy. I would be so, 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 so happy. It's the best gift you can give future you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And then then whenever you do retire, or what did you call it? Work optional? Work optional. Yeah, well, because okay. you know, the thing is, yeah. I might want to retirement again sounds like the man. Yeah. Just like my Roth IRA. And I don't love that. Like I want to be work optional because I want to be like, you know what, I'm gonna take this six month trip and it doesn't matter because it's optional for me to work. Yeah. But I probably will still be creative, you know? Like yep. one day I want to write a book, like I want to learn how to garden. Like to me, retirement is not, you know, what you see in movies where like the guy gets in his lazy boy and that's it. Yeah. No. I mean, that's, could that's not be. what we want. But that's, could, I mean, if that's your dream, I will I, support it, but it's probably not. I feel like no one listening to this will that's identify with that vision. For My sure. target audience yeah. is not interested in that. They are, I mean, a couple of us, us hear that. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> Maybe sometimes. You say that. I don't think, I don't think you'd make it a month in that lazy boy. I would make it a month. <laughs> I don't think you would. No, I'm going to bet on it now. Now I kind of want to put you like as an art experiment where you're like in a storefront and a lazy boy and everyone's watching you to see, see how long. It really was. We can take bets. That can go towards my retirement as well. Um, we could do a whole thing. That's a creative way to save for Isn't it? Oh, okay. I, I approve. Yeah. Then I think we just defined everyone. My first creative project post-retirement. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's a test of personal will and a recalling to this conversation. Because I do, there's a little part of me that's like, I hope those of you who are starting your Roth IRA today, one, let me know, high five. Two, you're going to remember me and Sarah (laughs) in this conversation and, you know, 10, 20, 30 years uh, when you were having your first work optional day or whatever. And it's going to be totally magical. Think of a time when you felt disconnected from work. Maybe an important email got sent to spam, only for you to find it when it was way too late. Maybe a partner or a team member took an action based on old information when an update could have saved so much time and effort. Or maybe you finally went on vacation and came back to customer complaints. Being disconnected has a steep cost. If your teams and systems aren't talking to each other, it's impossible to see the full picture, to take the right actions. And do you know who pays the steepest price? It's not you. It's your customer. 
With all of your teams on the same page and all of your data in one place, HubSpot can transform your everyday conversations, strategic decision-making sessions, and everything in between into moments customers feel good about. And with a lovingly crafted suite of tools, you can seamlessly connect your team so everyone has access to the same data and you're able to focus on what really matters, your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Is anyone else eyeballs deep in the return of travel, conferences, retreats, meetups, which means receipts? I'll be honest, I'd gotten used to not having my wallet overflowing with wads of flimsy paper that I just had to save. Luckily, that's not how we have to live anymore. Not me or you, thanks to FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. In fact, organizing your expenses has never been easier. Take photos of receipts with your phone using the FreshBooks mobile app and then throw the receipt away. You can even do one better by applying receipts directly to clients or invoices when you need. Travel lighter and still do your job. What more can a boss ask for? Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss to get started today. Okay. There is like another thing that I want to talk about that I'm wondering how much you have considered this. And I look forward to sharing how much I consider this because this is literally all the time. And I feel like a lot of bosses are going to be maybe thinking about this as well. And that is using your business as a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. Like selling your business. Like selling your business as a retirement plan. So you talked about real estate investment. I think that's probably like the closest parallel. Yes. Um, But how much do you think slash talk about that? And then I'll go next. Okay, great. This is going to be mostly on you. And I will tell you why. Okay. I am so conservative when it comes to finances that I couldn't, in my mind, it's hard for me to bank on this one thing. It doesn't mean that your one thing isn't amazing, okay? But let's say, Emily, you're thinking about, and again, you're about to tell us, let's say you're like, oh, being boss is is top 0.001% of podcasts. I could sell this podcast. I've built this audience. You know, what if in 15 years, podcasts aren't a thing because we're watching holograms instead, okay? Like what? We don't oh, you know. can see me at hologram just dancing around on your dashboard yeah. in your car on yeah. road trips. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. And I will also say that like I like your retail business, like what, what a great thing to sell that to me, I would absolutely consider that as part of a retirement plan, but for a service-based business, because people are purchasing you and your expertise, I have seen people try to sell or pivot. I have seen a lot of people not do it the way they really wanted it to go. So I would just say it's, it would be an amazing bonus, but not make it the meat of your financial retirement plan. It's like the it's yeah. like the coleslaw. It's the potatoes. You know, it'd be great if it yeah. happened, but you could live without it. Sure. Um, I cannot live without potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> potatoes. Actually, lazy boy. I'm like really learning a lot about you. I thought there was, you know, yeah. let me write this down. Y- y'all are all getting a picture painted of me that y'all did not <laughs> anticipate. <laughs> but tell me, I would love to hear kind of what you and David think about. I mean, you had well, first of all, you had Indy for a long time. Like, yeah. did you sell that or did you close it? No, I did. So I did sell my first business back in the day. Remember that tanning salon in Mobile that I've shared about a couple of times? Oh my gosh. When you just said that, just like a flood of memories. Not that I ever went clearly to a tanning salon, but I remember you telling me about it. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Indeed. So I did. I sold my first business. Um, so like my first foray into business was that kind of scenario. So yes. it's easy for me to not only imagine it, but almost think about it. Not quite first, but I'm thinking about it. Well, for yeah, sure. it was your first experience. Yeah. Yes. Was buying, running, and then selling a business. So I didn't even start it. I just ran it Amazing. and then sold it. Um, so was that. When it came to indie, I did package it up and pitch it to a couple yeah. of folks that I thought might be interested in buying it. And when it came down to it, things got a little actually what happened. And I talk about this in the episode. I talk about this in a recent episode that I did with somebody and I can't remember who. So Good this luck. will be on the Being Boss team to figure <laughs> yeah. that out. It'll be in the show notes, which, whichever episode and conversation this was. Um, but I was talking to someone about how um Oh, it was Corey. It was Corey in the quitting episode that happened at some point around this one. Look back in your in your feed. Um, I ended up having to quit that business. Finally made that final straw decision because the website platform that I had built my websites on was going out of business. It was going under. And so, or actually it was a project that was being pulled because it was it was an Adobe arm that they just like cut off. So then there wasn't really anything to sell other than a client list. And really, then I could just make referrals. So right. I actually got the rug pulled out from under me and that little and that little ditty that I was going for there. Um, and being boss, that was not something that we started this company thinking by any means. Right. right? Like we weren't even thinking about making money with this. We I was were about just to say, was it a business a when you started? Right. No. It was, yes. it was it a was, passion it was a, project. Yes. It was a slightly monetized friendship. It was it was a it was a mediaized friendship yes. that yes. ended up becoming monetized. <laughs> yeah, um, that we weren't even really thinking about making money on it as the thing. And so, but I do think often about like these assets and yes. you know what their value are or could be to other people. And you know, there's nothing there's nothing happening around that. But I do think about it like mm-hmm. when I'm done podcasting, if that ever happens, does this just cease to exist? Or do I start thinking about what it looks like to pass the torch to another? Right. And that's something that I've legitimately thought about quite a bit over the past couple of years, especially since buying Kathleen out. um, Because there was that sort of transaction that happened. It's like, what would it look like for someone to buy me out of this thing and for being boss to become like this other thing? That one's a little more watery. And what feels really watery is... Online business is a hard thing to evaluate because there aren't tangible assets that have clear and obvious value. And this is something, this is a conversation that I've had with several people, especially people who are asking me, why am I doing being boss and almanac? Like, why would you mm-hmm. do the thing? And a couple of years ago, I got, you know, you've all heard the story of like, we were tired of talking about doing the business of podcasting on the podcast. But there was <laughs> more than just that reason. Like, I didn't just start uh-huh. a product business because I was tired of talking about podcasting. Like, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's not that's how it works. Lame. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about putting all of my effort into building something and kind of having nothing to show for it, mm-hmm. which is uh, something that I don't think a lot of bosses are consciously thinking about, but it is a sentiment that I hear a lot of bosses sharing. Yes. Like, what is this blog body of work? 
and what is its value at the end of the day Um, or whatever it may be. And so that's something that I was very conscious of that I've been very conscious of along the way and is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do Almanac um, in the way that I wanted to do it because I wanted to build legitimately valuable assets that if in the future I wanted to turn around and sell to another, there wouldn't be this quandary of like, what is the value of an RSS feed? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, So it is something that I've thought about a whole lot and is part of the strategy. And I'm not envisioning selling Almanac at any point. I would love it if my child would grow into Almanac's like second generation. I also know that there's like some stat where very rarely do businesses make it beyond the third generation. So like, I'm not even trying to build a multi-generational business for the purpose of just doing that for shits and giggles. Um, But I am very consciously building Almanac with like the clearest path of exit being, that's my retirement plan. Yeah. Of let's say in 20 years, someone wants to come pick up Almanac for a couple million. Because even at this point, I think the valuation is over a million easily. Yeah. Um, that I, I think about that. So like I could sell it now and just retire. <laughs> Live yeah. off my forty thousand dollars a I year. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. Could totally do it, you but I'm not do done it. yet. Right. I still have some things that I want to do and I want to continue doing it. But I am very much so imagining or building business in a way that that is part of my retirement plan, as well as maxing out my IRA every year. I think that's so smart. And Emily, I think it was so smart that you understand that the valuation of an online business is so tricky, but a physical business, I mean, we have been building them, selling them for again, generations, hundreds of years, centuries. So that was such a smart pivot for you because it is such a tangible thing that people can purchase. And I think that that you know, makes your chances of using that for your retirement just so much greater than an online business for better or worse. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things where people will often talk of, or like ask me about like the pros and cons of online versus offline. Right. And they're infinite basically both pros and cons. And there's a lot of gray area between the two of like, depending on the type of person or type of business, a pro can be a con and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's the pro of online business of that, it's easier. Like, and if you're sitting here going, oh, it's so hard. Yes, but it's also easy compared to all the alternatives or the alternative of really just focusing on in person. Um, Or like, you know, I don't know, all the, all the pieces of that. I can get really bent out of shape when someone's like, oh, (laughs) online business is so hard. I'm like, yeah, go rent some space and try to sell (laughs) IRL customers. Okay. Um, Right. Right. But there is, For the pro and online business of it's easier to make money now, I think the con is that it's harder to cash in on it and sell it at the end. So like you build the thing and then you end up having just like close it down because it's over. And if you're building a personal brand, God bless you. When you're done, it's done for the most part. I mean, there are like, there are, I've definitely seen places where this is not necessarily the case, um, but that's kind of how personal brands work. Whereas doing physical business is, can be significantly harder. There is a cash out at the end of it. Um, yeah. That is something that I'm working for. So I just want to touch on that because I don't think a lot of people think about that. I also believe that you have to 
start or very early on in growing and building a business, do you have to plan on that sort of exit? Because if you do it, like even if you are not imagining the exit for 20, 30 years, you have to start it very early with that exit in mind. And then you do have the ability to more easily cash out or you have the ability to cash out if you keep it in mind from the very beginning as you're growing and building a business. And so for me, I'm not doing crypto. David did. David (laughs) bought like a Bitcoin (laughs) one for shits and giggles a couple of months ago. Like when it was at its highest, (laughs) he bought one. (laughs) Yes. 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 Right. And I'm not doing NFTs, but I am absolutely using my business as my retirement plan. 100%. I love that. I love that so much. And I just can't wait to see how that journey continues because Almanac, you know, I feel like it started and you were like in your kitchen and selling things online and then it became amazing brick and mortar. And now you have an even better space and just the, again, that evolution and you've been so strategic in order for it to value high enough to think about for your retirement. And that's huge. And that's, that's such a great point. I love that. Yeah. Just it's just something I wanted to add to the mix because yeah. yes to all the things y'all get yourself in a Roth a yeah. IRA Div- ASAP diversification diversification yes and I mean it's just similar to the guest house that I co own in New Orleans I and mean, we're starting to talk about selling it now and it will be selling the building but also the business that we've built over the last five years renting it out yeah. So again, I'm, and I will absolutely do like some kind of deep dive situation on that with all the nitty gritty numbers. Once it's done, I I, I just have no idea. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to come of it. So I can't wait. But again, I was just too scared to ever, I'm not counting on that money at all, but it's going to come. So I'm curious to see how much it is when it does. And I'll definitely tell you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and I I love that sort of that layer of you do have investments like this real estate project yes. that you're not even factoring in, like right. because that's like the Heidi hole, right? You, you is, put that in that mattress. Heidi hole. Yes. <laughs> You've forgotten about it. It'll come back to you at some point and that's great. But I love that that's where that diversification piece comes in. And and I think what I also want to illustrate this as we, you know, begin wrapping what I do believe is going to be a two-parter, high five, um, is that your retirement plan or your retirement strategy, is it a piece of the, is your retirement plan what you are doing now or is that later? Like, what does that term actually refer to? That's, that's a great, that's a great question. I guess when I talk about retirement plan, I see a plan is a strategy. Okay. But so it's what a you're retirement doing now. plan is also like a 401k. So, you know, some yeah. that's, that's okay. a tricky one. Okay. That is it. So if yes. your retirement plan can look like whatever you want, we've laid out yes. a whole myriad of options here of things that you need to be thinking about. Some things you definitely need to be doing, some things that you can be playing around with some opportunities you have as business owners. Also backup plans equals life insurance in case you don't make it to retirement <laughs> as needed. Um, yeah. But it can look like whatever you want it to based on the resources that you have available to you, yeah. um, the things that you're interested in playing with or never playing, um, and just kind of what you want to do and what you want that like post-retirement life situation to look like and the age at which you want to be work optional. Work optional. Yeah. And you know something, Emily, we didn't touch on that I'm just going to like throw in at the end, yeah. like a little spice in our gumbo, so to speak, Yep, yep. is that a lot of people will inherit money 
It may not be a large amount. It may, you know, it could be five grand. It could be 50 grand. People ask me a lot of times, like how much, what, what should my plan be for this money that I plan to inherit? And my biggest response to that is never count on money that you're inheriting because you never know what can happen to the person who's inheriting it or who's, you know, giving it to you rather. Um, but a lot of times, I mean, I hope that I leave stuff to my kid. I'm definitely planning to leave him money. So that's also another interesting thing that a lot of times we don't talk about in families. Like I'm fortunate that my parents and I, we have discussed it. So like, I, I understand like how much money is there? What do they want me to do with it when they're gone? And having those conversations within your family or close friends, if you're in that kind of, you know, dynamic is also really important. Yeah. Mm. Love that. Indeed. Don't count on that. I think you make your plan. Like that is also just anti-boss right there. Like counting on someone else to maybe leave you some cash. Right. You take matters into your own hands and that can be an unexpected extra if and when it happens. Absolutely. And, you know, again, thinking about what could come to you, I think also is a good exercise in what you want to leave to others because, you know, we're leaving money to our son, but also just some organizations that we really believe in. I think that that can really make retirement exciting too, because being able to be at a point where you can give money to something you're passionate about is just, it's what bosses dream of, right? Yeah, for sure. I remember back in the day I wanted to give to, I like had this vision of starting a, um, oh my God, what is it even called? Like, um, you know, when you go to school and they pay for it, what is that called? A scholarship. Yes, a yes. scholarship fund. Um, and now I'm like, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, now we're like, is school real? Like, is this necessary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, probably not what I'm going to do now. But yes, absolutely to that. You can start thinking about those things and you sort of reach this place where, where if you know you're good. Okay, actually, here's a really great mindset shift that I think doing these retirement things offers to a boss is that if you are in this cycle of not knowing where your next dollar is going to come from, right? Or like, you know, not sure what's happening in your business or what's happening in the market or whatever it may be. Like, I get that feeling. I live in that feeling with the rest of you all, Yes, right? Of just like, you just never know what's going to happen. And also that's a con of online business. This world evolves so quickly all the time. Whereas guess what? Retail happens in the exact same way that it kind of always did. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> right? again, you're diversified. You've got, you've oh. got both. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Intentional everybody. Um, but, um, if you are just tired of feeling that like unknowing that like lack of clarity and understanding and expectation, all of those things, save for retirement mm-hmm. because you may not know where your money's going to come from for the next like 10, 20 years, but you know where it's going to come from when you're 65 you're taking care of that right now. Yeah. And so you'll be able to put yourself in a place where you don't have to worry on that level if you start doing it now. Love it. Totally agree. Mm. Snaps for that. Thanks. Sarah, this has been a treat. Uh, it always is. Can't wait to see you in person soon. We probably won't talk about retirement, but you know, if we do, we'll let but you we know. Might. We might. Who knows? We might. If David's there, he might actually tell you all the things <laughs> that I cannot tell you because I don't even know. Amazing. I just know that we're doing it. Amazing. Um, perfect. If this has been a treat, thank you so much in coming and talking about this. Like, it's not even a taboo subject. It's just like that gatekeeping comment or like 
mm-hmm. the name for it, I guess, is yeah. very accurate. Um, yes. But thank you for coming and talking about this sort of scary Absolutely. thing in a way that I hope you guys got a giggle or two out of it. <laughs> and otherwise, a kick in your pants to go start that Roth IRA. You all have homework. So thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find more about you and what you do. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Becker Talks Money. You can shoot me an email. Hello at BeckerTalksMoney.com. My website is BeckerTalksMoney.com. And if you want that retirement 101 guide where I lay all this out for you step-by-step, you can find that at BeckerTalksMoney.com slash resources. Perfect. And some of the things that we talked about today will definitely be in the show notes at beingboss.club yes. as well. And then my last question for you, dear friend, and you have to give me a different answer this time, Ooh. is what's making you feel most boss? Oh my gosh. I was so prepared. I was so prepared last time. Let's see. What is different <laughs> in my life over the last four weeks? Okay. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. What is making me feel most boss right now is that we, I recently tallied up every, every penny it cost to make this Vermont house happen and pay for all these updates that we really needed to do. Like for those of you who may not have listened to the episode I was on recently, we bought a home that had tons of deferred maintenance, had never been lived in for 45 years. Um, and it was over $40,000. And my first thought was I will be sick. And then my second thought was I paid for all of that. We paid for it on our own cash. And that just felt so freaking good. And it is, this is like a goal we've had for so, so, so long. And so I just want to encourage anyone, if you have a goal that just seems like you can't do it, like just break it down even further, step-by-step it out. This was a years long process, but we made it. And I just feel so motivated to like keep making big goals because I, now I know what it's like to achieve them and damn, it feels good. It feels boss. Yeah. I also just want to point out to everyone listening to this and especially anyone in the community who's heard me say this uh, or heard me sort of preach this, chant this as it may be, um, is that this like bossness and this clarity and this excitement about this thing from Sarah all comes because she knows her numbers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm hmm. Like yep. down to the penny a little weirdly. Love it. Yeah. You know, you don't. Yeah. Don't. Emily doesn't want you to become as weird as me. You know, there's the spectrum. And- I wouldn't mind it. Sarah, you are a beautiful kind of weird and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank coming you, and having Emily. this chat with me. This has been a treat. All right. Bye, you guys. All right, boss, because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood. We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brood. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.